Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. As we are in the season of Lent, we are completing the series called Come Alive with Jesus. Many of us may feel like we are sleepwalking through life or not feeling fully active. Through this series, we hope that you discovered that in close proximity with the Savior, you will come fully alive. We have Geshom Arul sharing the word with us today on living with the resurrection power. The power that was exerted when Jesus rose from the dead is unparalleled, yet this power now dwells in us. Do we live with an awareness of it? If we did, our lives would be infinitely different. Would you ask God to speak to you as you listen in? Hi Church, it's a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's Word to you today. Even before I start uh, the sermon, uh, I would love to take this opportunity to wish each and every one of you a blessed Easter. Uh, we here as We Are Zion are excited, as the leaders here in We Are Zion are excited for what God's doing. And I believe even as we have meditate on God's Word today, I believe God wants to move us uh, in a big step so that we'll be walking in this resurrection path. And you would have guessed it by now, I'm going to talk on the resurrection power today. And uh, we just want to bless each and every one who's watching, who's listening uh, in the resurrected power of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe he has great things in store. So even if things haven't been going well, I pray that you would commit and believe and trust in his power. For he will do great things far beyond what you can think or imagine. And uh, as you spend time with your family, as you spend time with your loved ones, we as a church pray for peace, joy, and also that uh, you'll find his purpose in everything that you do, big or small. So even as we take some time to hear God's word today, uh, we've been going through this entire series as a church. Uh, for those of you also who have been reading our Bible plan called Come Alive with Jesus. Our plan was titled as Face to Face with Jesus. But as we conclude you know, I believe God's been doing some stirring in each and every one. And he wants us to take this message, come alive in the resurrected power. This resurrected power is the one which caused Jesus to walk out of that tomb alive. And it's one of these life-defining moments for us as Christians. Because when we believe in the resurrected power, we are re- believing in the God of all possibilities. We are believing in a God where impossible is not in his word. And the truth is, he doesn't have to prove it whenever we ask. He's already done it. Once and for all, he came out of that grave on the third day. And so today, as we celebrate Easter, and it's a reminder for us, because a lot of us have celebrated Easter uh, Sundays quite a few times, you know, probably 20 times by now, 30 times by now, for a lot of us, lifelong because we've been born, brought up in Christian homes. But we see when God's power came down on that tomb, you know, there were so many things that changed. And I'm just going to read a couple of things. And I don't, I don't want you to open your heart today so that you'll be able to hear. And I believe that he wants to resurrect so many areas in our life. So even before I read that, I want to quickly say a word of prayer. Because I believe God's word has to fall on good soil in our heart. 
Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, even right now, I just thank you for this opportunity. I pray even as I speak that, Lord, you would cover me. And even as I speak, it will be you speaking through me. And I pray that, Lord, we will receive your life-giving word. Your word would fall on good soil in our heart. And it will bear a fruit, a multiple of thirties, hundreds and thousands, Lord. So that we will be able to testify about this resurrected power. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. So even as I said, God's power came down on that tomb that day and Jesus was resurrected. There were certain things that came alive. Death was defeated and Jesus came out in life. Everything that was temporary, everything that was thought, you know, it's finished with him. We've closed it. The seal is put. Nothing else can come out of this. No eternity came out of that tomb. If one way in which Jesus went into that tomb was broken, physically broken, but he came out with a brand new body. He went in disfigured. They had poked him. They had put a crown of thorns. They had, you know, whipped him. But he came out made whole. He went in stained with his blood all over. But he came out as white as snow. People thought, and probably even the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees who thought, you know what, his words have come to an end. It dies with him there. The tomb is sealed. But when the tomb was moved when the angel came there and when when the tombstone was moved when jesus came out alive everything that he spoke became a reality and the beautiful thing about his word is it's still alive today he came into this world practically unannounced but when he rose there was a lot of movement happening there was a lot of movement happening there was a lot of stirring happening and today that same stirring is there happening across the world in pockets. Revivals are breaking out when they call on the name of Jesus who's resurrected. He is the only God. He is the only true and living God we worship. He is the only God who's risen from the dead. He is the only God who's proven to be alive. And so today, even as we uh, meditate on his word, I want us to latch on to that because what is our experience going to be when we encounter this resurrected Savior? What is our experience going to be when we see Him or when we worship Him and when we accept Him into our hearts? What is it that's going to be happening in our own lives is very important. I want to read the uh, encounter that happened on Easter Sunday from Matthew chapter 28. And let's go on to read a couple of verses. It goes on to say in Matthew 28, After the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, ro rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen. Just as he said, Come and see the place where he lay. Verse 7, Then go quickly and tell the disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to his tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. You know, as we read this, I believe 
his resurrection power can roll away any tomb that's been shut. And so even keep that in the back of your mind because you're going to meditate on that. Because there are so many areas where we've shut, we've put a gravestone, we've rolled the tomb and said, you know what, this is done. I'm not going to allow it. But we are here today on Easter Sunday to commit it back to God. To commit it back to God and say, God, you are the one who has power to do something with this. I just don't want this to be buried, but I want it to come alive. And so God will shape that because when we encounter his resurrected power, it's not our will, but his will. It's not my way, but his way. It's not for my glory, but for his glory. And so here, when we read this passage, it's interesting. The women went to the tomb. Behold, there was an angel. The earthquake happened. The tomb was rolled. And the angel met with them and said, do not be afraid. There are occurrences of this same at the time of his birth. When the angel came to Mary and said the good news and she received it. He said, do not be afraid. But what was spoken, she received. And I believe this in the gospel is very pivotal because God's redeeming women. When we look back in Genesis, you know, the fall, she listened to Satan and, you know, doubted and took that fruit. But God's redeeming the entirety of that one fallen act to say, I will appear to you and you will be the ones who take the good news to the men out there. And so today, don't discount what God's actually talking to you, what God's wanting to speak over you. Because I believe sometimes, you know, we are scared of people and what others will think. What God speaks for you is exclusively for you. Let's not be the ones who are putting it on Instagram and trying to gain attention. No, at his right time, it will become fulfilled. And so when we look here, we see that it's not some ordinary power that came out of that tomb. It was the resurrected power that came out. And so when Jesus came out of the tomb, everything that he spoke came true. Everything that the prophecy said, the one true savior came true. And so today we are all recipients of a, something from a risen savior, not from a God who died on the cross, but from a God who rose again. Clarence W. Hall says this, Easter says you can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. So today, what are a lot of the truths that we've put, that God's spoken over us into a grave? Just because of people, just because of circumstances, just because of certain people discounting us. I want to tell you today, God's resurrected power is here to work in and through us. Our passage for meditation Today, I've taken from 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to read that. I'm going to read 1 Peter 1 verses 3 to 5 from the message, and then we'll get into um, further verses within this chapter. Reading from 1 Peter chapter 1 goes on to say, What a God we have, and how fortunate we are to have him. This father of our master Jesus, because Jesus was raised from the dead, we've been given a brand new life and have everything to live for including a future in heaven, and the future starts now. God is keeping careful watch over us and the future. The day is coming when you'll have it all, life healed and whole. Peter starts writing this entire book. By then, Peter was in Rome when he started writing this. Historians say that Silas was the one who was a, um, you know, another disciple who actually went along with Paul in a lot of his journey. 
he was probably one of the ones who actually carried a lot of these letters back and forth. And so we hear Peter encouraging the church because by then the Christian community had grown and there was persecution all around. There were people where they were being tested for their faith. And so he comes here to say, Jesus is our resurrected Savior. We are worshipping him. So let us live lives well because our future is not here. And I want to remind you, church, the resurrected part that comes alive in us is a constant reminder that our future is just not meant for this earth. So when I say that, I think it's a recurring theme that we are seeing time and again. It's the same thing I spoke even the week before this during Palm Sunday, because I believe that God wants us to come to that place so that we will be able to live with eternity in mind. Because of his resurrected power, as I was reading in NIV, I saw that there were two things that jumped out. His resurrected power. So as we, as his children, as the resurrected power goes into us, it does something. And because of that, through us, we are able to do something. So it comes into us. And because of that, through us, we are able to do something. So when we step out in boldness of that, with that resurrection power, we're able to do something. And I wanted to highlight that. There are two things which I wanted to highlight. The first thing is when we come alive, we come alive into a living hope through his resurrection. We don't come into a dead hope, but we come into a living hope with his resurrection. You know, being hopeful is one thing, but to have a living hope, a living, breathing hope. You know what? It comes down to this. It's like, uh, it's, uh, it's, it, it comes down, as I said, we are living with eternity in mind. A living hope helps us to live with eternity in mind. A living hope helps us to live knowing that there's something bigger bigger than what my eyes can see, bigger than what my plans are that I've laid out. And that all happens only because of his resurrected power. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 goes on to say, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. As we read this, one of the things that we as Christians do in our immediate walk of faith in accepting Jesus Christ as a personal savior is that we declare a couple of things which are pivotal with regard to our faith. That we are a sinner, that Jesus came in down into this world, that is God coming down into this world. Jesus died on the cross for our sins and on the third day Jesus rose again. And today he is seated on the throne and he's coming back for me. And so today, this living hope that is within us will be activated only through the resurrected power. And this resurrected power, as much as I'm talking about it, is not something which I can quantify it. It's not something which I can actually derive certain characteristics out of it. No, it, it, it's, it's so unique to each and every one of us. And that's a beautiful thing about the power of our God. He who created us so uniquely will operate in and through us uniquely. I'm going to repeat that for you. He who created us uniquely will operate in and through us uniquely. So which means I'm not going to operate like my other friend out there. I don't have to copy the way his resected paths working in and through me. No, I will seek God. I will find out what is his living hope for me. And I will move in the resurrected path that he gives for me. So today, can we rise up? 
from whatever slumber, whatever dead area that we have and have a living hope to come to a place to say, Jesus, you are my living hope. Give me the resurrected part to come out of this. Probably you're a single parent out there and you know, you have a tombstone just rolled over so many dreams, aspirations. Mistakes did happen. That's a beautiful thing about Good Friday. That's a beautiful thing about Easter. Good Friday is where we go to the cross and we say, God, I made a mistake. I'm guilty as charged. Would you please forgive me? And with this forgiveness comes a bold enablement which comes only through his resurrected power. He will make things happen in his time. So today, can I ask you, would you allow his resurrected power to grow in your life? Because when it grows, there are a lot of areas where you will see that, you know what, God, I can't trust myself. I need you. I need you. The early church used this great thing. They always emphasized on his resurrection power because they saw him face to face. I wish we would have been there as the first people like the disciples who saw him. But I'm also glad that we're living in a time like this where we're seeing the fruits of all their labor that was done for the last 2,000 years. Because I believe we are going to see greater things. Revival just started then. It's continuing now and it will be greater in the future. So today, what is this living hope that we need to actually have in our lives? A lot of us are having dead hopes. A lot of us, are our, our dreams have died, our, uh, our plans have died. A lot of it has probably been just our own. It's not been us and Jesus. But if the dreams and the plans were birthed in prayer through Jesus, he will give you that living hope and you will come to a place to realize that I can only do this with his resurrection power. You know, in Matthew, Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And I was just thinking, God, because many a times the reason why our hope dies out is because your words don't seem to be living in us. It's, it seems dead. And so then the resurrection power has nothing to work with. And, and as I was reading uh, in the message version, the same verse, you know, um, uh, heaven and earth will pass away, but, you know, my words won't pass away. And it says, the translation says, the sky and earth will wear out, my words won't wear out. Even as I read this word wear out, it made a lot of sense. A lot of times we are trying to manufacture God's plan for us with our own words and not with his words. That's why it's wearing out. And so today, church, I would ask you, would you go back, go back to your room, go back to your place where you commune with God and ask him, God, what are some of the things that you want me to hold on to? What are some of the things that you want me to have hope on? Because when you give me that, I can ask for your resurrection power to work in and through that so that I'll be made whole. I'll be able to do what you're calling me to do. Let us stop using our own words, wearing out and then blaming it on God. Let's come to a place and say, Lord, I want to trust your words, your spoken words, which will never wear out. And I believe as we participate in this resurrection power, the confession of our testimony is very important. The confession of who Jesus is to us is very important. I was um, personally reading through the entire 
um, story of uh, Jesus walking uh, back to Lazarus' place. And there was this beautiful conversation that Martha and Jesus have. And Martha runs to Jesus and says, uh, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened, which shows faith there to know that if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. But uh, there were a couple of things that stood out, you know, because I uh, had already made a note of the character of Martha and I felt many a times I was a Martha. I was so, you know, caught up in setting the room up that I forgot to actually sit at the feet of Jesus. And so couple of things from this particular verse I wanted to highlight because I believe the confession of our mouth will help us have living hope and experience his resurrected path through us. John 11 verses 21 to 27, it goes on to say, Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God who is to come into the world. As much as we say Martha was logical, she knew that she was talking to the Messiah. As much as we know, Martha was caught up in doing the setup of the place and being like the older sister. She knew who Jesus was. And so today I want you to come to a place for this living hope and for this resurrection to be activated in your life. You need to know who Jesus is. Here, she says, I know my brother will live. When we all rise again in the day of resurrection, when we all rise again, he will live. But Jesus goes on to say, hey, if you believe in me, whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And her response to that is, Jesus, you are the Messiah. I believe in you. In her grief, she was able to exalt and tell who Jesus was. And so today, we have no excuse to say, you know what, I'm going through some of life's toughest times. It's in these toughest times I will be so desperate for his resurrection power. It's in these toughest times that I will exalt the God who will give me living hope so that I will be able to tell, I'll be able to tell that this is the Lord's doing. A lot of you have been waiting. A lot of you, like Martha, have been waiting. And I believe it's coming to a place today. Would you open your mouth and tell who Jesus is? Is he really your Messiah? You've been waiting far too long for that miracle. You've been waiting far too long for that spouse. You've been waiting far too long for in your singleness. You've been waiting far too long for a job. You've been waiting far too long for a family breakthrough. You've been waiting far too long for that financial thing. But have you actually come to a place of having that living hope, confessing, who Jesus really is. Because it's in that confession, everything that we believe comes to zero. Everything that we believe about ourselves comes to zero. Everything that our best laid plans comes to zero. It's in that confession. We say, God, not my will, your will. God, it's all about you. It's for your glory. Because you're the son of God. Because you came into this world. You know what's best because you are my creator. 
So can that be our confession today? So even as I conclude this first point, I wanted to ask you and leave you with that because his living hope is meant for us to move the next step with his resurrection power. The second thing I want to ask is, are your words wearing out? Because it will. It's temporary. My promises are temporary. But God's promises are yes and amen. It will last the test of time. His words will remain. So can you commit to live by believing in this resurrection power? You and I have no excuse. We can confess with our mouth and we can believe that Jesus is alive and I want his power today to be my living hope. The second thing that we come alive into is we come alive into an inheritance through faith shielded by God's power. We come alive into an inheritance through faith shielded by God's power. 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 4 to 7 goes on to say, And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer in grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. The power of his resurrection gives us access to an inheritance that we get purely by accepting Jesus Christ as a Lord and personal Savior. Inheritance is such a, you know, as a child, as a parent, um, parents strive to, you know, create an inheritance in their lifetime. Children walk into that inheritance purely because they are born or it's given to them because they are part of that family. But here, as I said, in the physical world, the inheritance wears out. A lot of us, we know, have family strife because of inheritance that was not handled properly, not given correct on time or mismanagement of it. And over time, what was given in a good sense becomes a problem within the very own people who are called as family. But today, the inheritance that we get from Jesus is something that's set for eternity. You and I don't have to strive, don't have to scheme, don't have to work our way for it. By accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we stake claim to our inheritance and we just have to live in his power. He's not saying, hey, do it by your power. He's saying, here, I'll help you with that also. I'll also give you that hope. Just believe and journey along with me. So today, with this inheritance being accumulated for us in heaven, are we still striving for something here? Because many a times, what is this inheritance that we want looks like here on this earth? It looks emptiness. We we'll have so many things going, but still we are empty. We're still feeling that void. We probably even have our spouse, our children. We have the family that we probably would not even have dreamt about, but we still feel empty. Jesus is saying, hey, I think you are looking for that inheritance which will never perish. Would you come to me? Would you come to me? And you will be amazed when the tomb is removed from your own life. 
what res- God decides to resurrect will bring about an assurance of that inheritance. So for those of you who've been having questions as to what what is it I'm living for? What is it? You know, I, I, I'm doing so many things, but I'm still feeling sad. I'm still feeling empty. I'm still feeling doubtful. Can we come to a place to say, God, I'm coming back to you. In your resurrected power, I believe that I have an inheritance. Inheritance that, Lord, it's not going to be the fanciest of cars and houses and clothes that I have. But inheritance that which I can't see, but I know it's there because of you. And through faith, I believe that one day when I'm with you, I will be able to see what you're giving me as your child. So today when we live with that intentionality, that Lord, my inheritance is from you, we will suddenly see the very thing that's in front of us, the money that we strive and work for entirely different. His resurrection power opens our eyes of faith and reveals the power of God. The eyes of faith is not activated by what's there in our bank account, no. The eyes of faith is activated by our trust and belief in Jesus entirely, solely on him. And it is the power of God. As I was preparing about this, as I read in uh, verses 6 and 7, that he refines us constantly. It comes down to God actually refining our understanding of our inheritance. As much as we strive in this earth for so many things, each of us are striving for so many things. A lot of us are just struggling to make ends meet. But God keeps refining that. To see, hey, if my resurrection power is working in and through you, what are some of the things that I'm refining? He keeps refining that same thing. He wants to remove all the impurities so that we start seeing things his way. And one of the things that we start seeing things his way is with regard to money. Because we can't serve two masters. And that's what Jesus said when he was here on this earth. Matthew 6 verse 19 to 24 goes on to say, Don't hold treasure down here where it gets eaten by moth and corroded by rust or worse, stolen by burglars. Stockpile treasure in heaven where it is safe from moth and rust and burglars. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where you treasure this is a place you will most want to be and end up being. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squintly-eyed in greed and distrust, your body is a musty cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. You can't worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you'll end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. So what does inheritance looks like now? As I look through the resurrected power, I know I can't serve two masters. I only serve God. And money is something which will come as an add-on, as a tool for me. And so suddenly you will have money and you'll know what money is being used for, what money can do. Money would be used as a tool to build his kingdom. Money would be used to glorify him. It's not something that you would use to control. It won't be something that you use to get your way and to manufacture things for your own kingdom or for your own glory. No, it will be all about him. So today, this inheritance that we are going after because of his resurrected power will help us see that, you know, money is something which God gives. He knows how much I can handle and he knows and he'll move me to a place where that cannot govern me. I govern my money. And so today, 
can we live as we read with eyes wide open and not with squinty eyes when i say eyes wide open eyes wide open because a resurrected park causes you to see a lot of things that are happening around you lot of things that are happening around you so that you can live mission minded so that you can live focused on his mission so today what does that look like for each of us it look different for some it might look like you know I want to do something in my community for some it might be like you know i want to take tuition classes for those kids in my community who are unable to afford tuitions for some of you it will be like you know what i have the skill i can devote some hours to help somewhere or you know what i've i've been blessed with money and i'm going to use this to glorify god in his kingdom i'm going to give it probably for some translation work i'm probably going to give it for some mission work that's happening somewhere else i'm going to bless a community of people who don't even have a bible to lead with in their language what is it that god is calling you to open because at the end of it those are the stockpiles that you're building in eternity no one is going to give you a certificate here and say hey keshom good for doing tuition for three kids over here in your community no those unseen things will start being accumulated as an inheritance in heaven we are not doing it for our glory we are doing it for his glory through his resurrected power so today what can that look like when we live with eyes wide open and not with squinty eyes even as i said that we need to live with eyes wide open that comes with great responsibility because we suddenly have been, have this access to this incredible power resurrected power that's on us because we believe in jesus we are responsible also for that a lot of you today would know this quote you know by uh, spiderman with great power comes great responsibility my kids keep watching it and it's interesting that you know what we have the greatest power within us his resurrection power is within us which means we also have to be responsible with that and one peter goes on to say he says you know a lot of them in that time in the church because of persecution started giving up their faith started going back to their old ways and peter and peter writes to them saying hey with this power that we've received this resurrection power that you've been witnesses of that you've heard encounters and people first time people who've seen jesus resurrected from the dead when you hear and believe in it don't let it just go by live with it with responsibility and so today can we live with responsibility when we actually are walking in that resurrected power what does that look like the resurrection power makes us live holy lives we are not going to go out and live unholy lives so today if you've been struggling to live a holy life i pray that the holy spirit would convict you i pray that you don't have to be in a living relationship to actually feel fulfilled you don't have to be you know addicted to a substance abuse to actually understand or be cool no you don't have to be struggling alone you can come to a place and say god my lack is in this area would you allow your resurrected part to work in and through me his resurrected part if it could raise jesus from the dead can actually break everything it can break every dominion it can break every stronghold it can break every bondage and it can give you life in abundance 
1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14 to 16 goes on to say, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So church, today you and I are going to live holy lives because he is holy. We are going to live because of his resurrected power. We are going to live because of the living hope that we have. We are going to live because our inheritance comes by faith and it's guarded by God's power. He is going to protect us. We are going to rely on his protection. So as we live holy lives, I don't know what your struggle is today. Would you come to your you might be someone who's probably quietly in the four walls of your home addicted to something which only you and God know. And so probably sometimes you are not even aware that God knows. And probably you're here to just say, God, I'm sorry that I've I've been living in my ignorance. Even though I'd partaken of your resurrected power years back, I want to come back to you. I want to come back to you. I want to come back and see you for who you are. Can your power work in and through me and set me free? So I can live a holy life. Would you walk closer to Jesus today? The second thing is the resurrection part makes us live in reverent fear. Reverent fear of what? Reverent fear because this God who I am asking his power to come within me will not cause me to be partial. I'll be impartial. I'll start seeing people, everyone as the same. I won't have favoritisms. I will come to a place where I won't, uh, you know, be scared. I won't just create and say, okay, this is my space. This has to be done my way. There's no. And the beautiful thing is when we all gather together as a community of believers, we will be people who are impartial. We'll be people who don't show favoritism. We'll be people who can create spaces for others to flourish, for others to work in and through us. We'll be in a place where there won't be any more insecurity. When anyone else who comes better than me comes, because we know that there's a God who's created us uniquely, has created them uniquely also, we will also come to a place of creating a space for community. We will This reverent fear that we live with him will help us to do all that because of that resurrected power. Because we'll be like, God, I don't even know what you're doing, but I know there's something that's going to come out of this. So today, even as we read this last verse, 1 Peter 1 verse 17 to 19, since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. Even as we read, I don't know how many of you have actually you know, had this feeling. But when you're not in your own country, for example, today, 1.4 billion people are walking around India. I don't think anyone is scared because they're walking on their own land. They're all walking on their motherland. They're all walking on the country that they are citizens of. But when you're suddenly in a country which you're not a citizen of, you have a certain kind of fear because you know you're a foreigner there. You're not one among them. You're not one there. And take that same thing into a church community. And the reason why God asks us to live with reverent fear, because it's not our kingdom, it's his kingdom. It's not our clannish church. It's not a caste-based church. It's not a socio-economic based church. 
It's a church that is belonging to Jesus. And because of his resurrected power, I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to be colorblind. I'm not going to give favoritism to only those who are of a particular color. I'm not going to give favoritism for those who actually can look chick and wear the right things or, you know, put themselves coordinated. No, I'm going to talk to everyone. For those of us who've been, you know, keeping our eyes so squintly, oh, I'll only talk to those who are well off, who are rich. No. I'm going to talk to each and everyone who walks into God's kingdom. The reverent fear causes me to live like that because it's not my kingdom. It's his kingdom. I'm living in his kingdom. I want us to come to a place to say, God, I'm sorry if I've actually come to a place treating people bad because of my ignorance in which I lived in my old ways, of my ignorance which I lived in the years back. But today, help me to come to a place where I'll be uniting everyone together. I'll be one here, not to bring discord, but to actually bring everyone. Because your resurrection power brought everyone together. It brought the early church together. It brought a group of believers who believed in Jesus together. And it's still working here today in us, through us. And so today, can I ask you, would you allow this resurrection power? to work in and through you. So church, even as we have heard, I believe God's doing something. God's going to use us way beyond what our eyes can see, way beyond what our ears can actually hear of what all he's done. He's going to use us in ways we can imagine because that is the wonder-working power of his resurrection. Today, you and I can be partakers of it. For those of you who've actually stepped away, who've stepped away from Jesus, who've been going far out because your his words seem to have worn out, I believe your words have worn out. Your words of him have worn out, but his words have never worn out. So would you come back to the Savior? Would you come back? His invitation is still open. If you can open your mouth and confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, he is willing to be your Savior. He's willing to be with you and that resurrection power that worked on Easter Sunday will work in and through you. It will open up your life to see what he has in store. An inheritance that we won't be working and striving for. But because we are his children, we have access to that. And because of his resurrection power working in and through us, we will live holy lives and we will live in reverent fear. Reverent fear so that his kingdom is established here on this earth. Reverent fear because we know this world is temporary. I'm here building credit for my inheritance in the kingdom of God in heaven. You and I have a greater plan and purpose. Let us not allow the circumstances of our life, the pressure of our life, the, the struggles of our life, you know, pull us down. But let us move in step. Let us move to a place where, Lord, I'm here surrendering myself. I want to be partaking of this resurrected power so that every area of my life is vibrant, is shining for your glory, is visibly out so that people will know that something's different in me and that they'll want that, Lord. So church, would you agree with me today? And even as we commit into a time of prayer, I want to pray specifically that God will work in and through you. Lord, even right now, I, even as I'm stretching my hand out, Lord, for whoever is watching right now, whoever is listening through this, Lord Jesus, I pray 
that you would come down right now your resurrected power would come down i pray that lord if healing is something which lord they have been struggling for lord jesus i pray that resurrection power would work in and through them that there will be a healing that happens right now that they will experience you they will testify about you and they live out holy lives lord jesus i pray lord we pray that every tomb that's been sealed and shut by themselves lord by the circumstances of life by their choices i pray that resurrection power would come in remove every guilt and shame would move the tombs of men let them see the life that you have in store for them they'll walk out in boldness knowing that you are with them you are for them i pray that you will strengthen their arms strengthen their legs strengthen their frames lord jesus that even as they step out they'll go out in boldness in your faith and in your protection if that comes because of your power that will live holy lives pleasing to you lord jesus not out of ignorance but pleasing you will direct them in what choices to make and i pray that lord even as we come lord jesus we will live in this reverent fear because we are called for greater things lord jesus i pray that lord we won't be dampeners who will dampen the work that you're doing in us and around us but we'll be people who will spark and will be with fire to see things accomplished because of you lord jesus go before us may you be glorified may you be honored may you be the one who's working in our hearts because we believe that you are doing great and mighty things lord i pray a prayer of blessing over each and every one i pray even as families gather around that you will bless them strengthen them i pray especially lord your for your peace your love and your joy i pray lord every fear will be cast out every worry and every trouble will be cast out that you will protect your children keep them safe lord jesus keep them safe strengthen each and every one lord go before us in your most holy name we pray amen amen so church even as we start this week would you come alive in his resurrected power come alive in his power and i know what testimonies are going to be birthed but i believe it's going to be amazing i pray that we get to meet in person and we get to hear of what god's doing in and through your lives I be, I'm I'm excited to see what God's going to do in and through my life because I believe we are living at a time where we have to be carriers of his resurrected part to this hurting world to this world which needs him more than ever before they need his love they need his peace they need his joy they need Jesus so I pray and I charge you that you would go out in peace his love his joy will surround you and i pray that god will bless you i pray that you have a blessed easter again love joy and peace over you and your entire family god bless you all thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in Remember whoever finds Jesus finds life